0: Hello Fly Nation and welcome to the Freestyle Your Life Podcast, the one and only podcast inspiring you to live your authentical greatness while teaching you that less is more. I'm your host, Denise de Zimmermann, and I'm on my mission to help you to be the hero you were meant to be and to live what you came for in life and in business. Remember, the quest we came here for is to discover our true nature. Explore our potential and share it by living. This is episode three, Cole Poirier. Multiple chatting speaker, host of conversation with passion show and multiple bestseller author. To kick off the Freestyle Your Life podcast, he will be sharing with us secret insights of his fantastic new book, Why and How, coming out later this year. I'm so honored having him kick off the show. Let's jump right into it.
1: All
0: right, I'm ready to roll. Yeah, great. So today, Corey is uh, with us, my dear friends, uh, from the Fly community. And he is uh, such a famous uh, TEDx speaker. He has uh, some books, and actually a very important book called The Why and How. And he surely will tell us about how he made this happen, how the research was, how the the the, the secret to um, to abundance uh, which flew into it from plenty of the people he interviewed also. How did this happen, Corey? So I'm so honored to have you on the call here to have you on the interview because. Uh, you, you're, you're in, in the launch right now and you have your program running, running and uh, you're a famous speaker. I'm so honored to have you here. Thanks so much.
1: So, oh, you know what? It's, it's my, my honor as well. I'm excited.
0: Oh, I love you for that. And uh, I'm sure our listeners will too. So we can just hop into it. Why don't you just tell our listeners and me also about The Great Adventure with the Book of
1: Yeah. So happy to. So the the book itself, there's a couple sides. There's, as you said, the journey to get to the book, which was years in the making, and it's not my first book, but I feel like it's the book that I've been working toward. And so to your point, there was a lot of interviews and interviewing time that went into researching some of the world's top achievers.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, and,
1: and that it became my obsession. So there was, there's that side of it. And then of course there's the journey. The book has even taken just in the last year. So I'll tell you both sides. The book, so the the interviews that sort of built the book, if you will, what happened was back a number of years ago, I became obsessed as I mentioned with interviewing people. So I had a newspaper. I launched this publication. I was interviewing high achievers and sharing their stories but it was more uh, geography-focused, like it was a regional-type publication. And then what happened was I built this list of 100 people that I considered to be unreachable, if you will, like really high-level achievers that uh, don't do a lot of interviews. And I put this list together of 100, uh-huh. and I said, I wonder how many of these I can reach. Okay. And so I took those I, – I, I basically spent a year, and I just – I pushed and grinded to get those interviews. At the end of the year, I secured 93 out of 100. And like I say, these are really hard to reach people. One of the interviews um, took four months to schedule, for instance, of like ongoing, basically, follow-up. And not within that first year, but I even had another one that took 18 months from day one until the day the interview took place of follow-up. So a lot of work because I wanted to reach some people that were the top 1% of their field. So I can learn how they got there and stayed there. And so what happened was I started interviewing people that way. And um, after I'd done my interviews for my publication, then I, like I say, put that list of 100 together. (laughs) Once I'd done those 93 interviews, that's when I became fully obsessed. And I just started reaching out to people and doing interviews like crazy. And so to to this date, and I don't think we mentioned this yet, but um, to this date, the number's over 5,000. In terms of how many interviews I've done. That's, that's so
0: incredible. I,
1: it, you know what, I, I didn't realize how significant it was until I started getting to three and 4,000 and people started saying, dude, like that's a lot of interviews. And I just didn't, I was just obsessed by doing it. So I didn't even pay attention to that. And a lot of times people say, well, how did you do that many? And one of the things that a lot of people kind of miss, cause it's not really in my bio is that publication I mentioned was mm-hmm. yeah. I was doing interviews for all of the articles and, and stories in the publication, and so each issue was like forty pages, thirty-two pages. So you think about one month, forty pages of interviews. Yeah. There's eight interviews that go into that, and so you start doing that and multiplying that by five years of doing those interviews, and that's how I started getting the numbers up really high, and then uh, I see then because I, I wonder. Yeah, so it was, it was like basically, if you think about every month for six years almost, doing 70 or 80 interviews a month. But then on top of that, okay. what happened was that we transitioned over into our show, so our, our radio show, and yeah. I kept doing interviews with it. So it just kept, I just kept doing them. And so the one cool thing is all of those interviews are documented somewhere, whether it's mm-hmm. in our newspaper, it's online, it's in the radio show. Uh, so that's kind of the backstory when I said about what information sort of went into the book. And, and where I got it from is basically I kept doing those interviews. I kept um, learning what the top achievers did differently than everybody else yes. and then started sharing it. And so, as you mentioned, speaking, I started with sharing it on stages. Mm-hmm. And for years, I've shared these. I call them exclusive insights. Uh, yes. And my talk is called The Timeless Secrets of Influential Leaders. Yes. Because I yeah. have secrets that not everybody knows. And then what happened was after putting out other books and speaking and sharing the story, eventually I said, I need to put this out in a book. Like I need to actually make this the book, but then now let's bring it all full circle. Cause the question is, well, why is it called the book of why and how if it yeah. just relates to all these interviews? And so that's the other piece to what made this book come alive, which is that the co- most common trait or secret I've discovered with these high achievers. And if you're listening now, this would be a time to get out a pen because People always ask me, what are the most common secrets? And I'll tell you three because the first one is one that a lot of people will say, well, I already know that, and so I want to give people ones they can implement or try. But the top three secrets, one, I've noticed the high achievers say no way more than everybody else. Yeah. So they get asked totally
0: to Totally do- agree. I yeah. have to learn this myself. I was a yes-sayer, and I'm very helpful, but, you know, I collect with this manner. So I had to learn this for myself in my journey of transformation a lot of times.
1: And you know what? Thank I had to as well because I come from a, a small little uh, province in Canada where I grew up and it was like you're, you're only as strong as your word and meat yes, yes. and potatoes. And I was told to say yes to everybody and figure out how to do it later. Yes. And, but what I discovered in these interviews is the high achievers were saying no to almost everything and only saying yes to the things that moved the needle properly for them.
0: That's so it,
1: that's, that's it. That's kind of the third. If I were going reverse order, the third most common trait. Second one is. Let me
0: interrupt you for a second, please. So, um, because they say no to the most things, so they have their topics, and otherwise you're just reacting on the outside. You know what other people want from you. You permanently somebody not um, not uh, yeah nowadays a mess with with all the emails and Facebook and everything. So you end up just reacting, reacting, but not doing your thing right? and they they trained that to be to be perfect uh, at this, and I did. I did too, but I had to learn it the hard way. so sorry for, okay.
1: no, no, please yeah, please interject in between. and and yeah, I agree with you completely, and you discover the busier you get, that it's almost like it becomes forced upon you to learn this, or if you don't, you'll just like you say, you'll burn out. It's yeah. one of the two, because yeah. and if you think about it, the high, really high achievers that have built big companies, they actually have multiple people hired in their company to yeah. say no yeah. for them. Yeah, like you can't yeah. reach, them. like you can't pick up the phone and call Tony Robbins because you want to say no. hi.
0: No, no, because they set the barriers that high.
1: Yes, nobody and, and,
0: and, can reach them. Yeah,
1: yeah. And he is, and He has way more than one layer of defense. It's not only one person. So if yeah. you think about. If he sees the value, or even if it just had to happen, that he has 50 people in different departments that have to say no to keep you from getting him, then we yeah. should at least have one barrier yeah. to saying no to some things. Yeah. And a whole nother discussion is how to figure out what to say no to and how to say no uh, yeah. properly so you don't irritate people or get into arguments. But that's a whole science on its own, and that's a whole skill set. And so that was one of the traits. And then if I go to the next one, and I'm going to work my way to the first one, which will actually explain the title of the book and, and yeah. why it came the way they did. But the second one is that I, I say the words like this, but lifelong learners are leaders. So yeah. I discovered that the highest of achievers spend more time learning the yeah. right wisdom. Yeah. And, and when I say learning the right wisdom, they choose their sources wisely. They learn from the right sources. They block yeah. everything else out and they don't get lost in this information heavy world. They don't get yeah. bogged down with everything. They just figure out what do I need to know and how to get to it.
0: Yes, exactly. So, so I, I did learn a lot uh, on, on, on this special topic where uh, on the, on to say no and to set barriers to almost anything from my, um, um, high performance coach when I am with him for a long, long time. I'm in his academy. I saw him live and, uh, I'm yeah he just had a great challenge and I I just watch it on the side because I'm busy with my launch here too but um, also I I want to do a favor and I want to see what he's doing he's uh, doing a business together with his wife now and he chilled down and he just moved uh, uh, to a new place and it's it's fantastic because I, I know him on stage. I was with him a, a, a whole week there in San Diego, and uh, he was very focused and, and, and all that. And now he's, uh, of course, he, he reached a high, a high level, right, in his business. He's pretty amazing uh, with writing his books, and I've read all of them. They are just great. But he's, he's the number one for me, also Darren Hardy. And... Um, on, on the topic to set borders to say no. Otherwise, it's not working. You're burning yourself out, and um, and the people also they are not comfortable because you cannot react to everything. It's just not possible. So sure. That's it. Uh, what they learned, and uh, me too. I had to learn that.
1: No, I'm getting better
0: and better now.
1: So yeah, it, it, it's a, it's like any other muscle. You have to yeah. practice. Yeah, and you know it's funny when you mentioned Brendan because uh, right now one of the things I'm building into my business. So this got ties to the idea of learning from others as well and learning from high yeah. achievers. Yeah. Is I was in his um, total product product blueprint uh, oh, program.
0: Oh yeah, I know it. Yeah,
1: and one of the things he kept commenting on over and over and kept drilling into my head is having a continuity membership site, yeah. and that's something I. Started years ago, but I, I didn't. And he dropped it. He said himself, he started it, dropped it, and then started it again. And he said, "Is one of his biggest regrets in his business is the time he dropped it, like that he wasn't using it." And yeah. it's important, right? To have a continuity income that's coming in, yeah. that's not reliant on you having to go out this day and speak or what have you. And so he harped that over and over. And I'm get, just getting ready to launch a continuity program in the next three months, and it's solely because of how much he he went on about it in his blueprint. Yeah. So. Again, to that second leadership trait about learning from others and and choosing your sources, Brendan's one of those sources I chose. And so that's kind of, like I say, the number two trait. And then this segues us into the number one trait. So the thing I've discovered that the highest of achievers have in common is they've discovered their purpose. And so we could translate that word purpose into their why. And so this is a a segue into why. It's because... I was teaching people about me finding my passion and purpose earlier in life. I was teaching at events and people kept saying, what's the system for doing it, help me do that. And so I started teaching that. And so this is how the book comes full circle. What I did was I combined what I'd learned after interviewing these high achievers with what I learned about helping people find their why. And so the book, this is now the, the the way for me to explain what the book is. The book basically teaches you how, how to find your why why you should bother helps you get over that inaction that most people take. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they sit there and right. go, "I should do this," but it's I'm not the right person or I'm not ready yet. So we go through yeah. that the psychological side. We help you find your why, your calling, and then we teach you the how, which is what the highest achievers do once they found their why. Right. So,
0: that's- but still, if you have the why, it's still procrast- 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 procrastination. sometimes I. I, I I hang on with the English because yeah, I'm nice. German native, right? And, um, but the uh, procrastination is is nearly for everybody there, you know? There are always other things to do. So this morning I had a problem with my eyes, and, uh, but I know this. So once I want something really badly and I, I push here and all the technical stuff in the office here and um, make the light uh, bright and everything. And um, so I have problems with my eyes and um, that's why I'm wearing my glasses today. But, uh, well, I, I, I don't mind. I said okay, I accept the challenge. Uh, if there's a problem with the eye, no problem for me. I will do it anyway. That's what I learned from Darren. So, um, yeah, it's just to go forever for whatever you 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 feel in your heart. You have to do it.
1: Absolutely. Right? And, and, yeah, and so that, you're right. That's that's in the book. It's the motivation to do it. It's yeah. how to do it, meaning when you find your why. And some people, like you said, they already have it. So if they already have it, it's it's what do you do with it now? And so there's the taking action, but then there's yeah. the how, how to, like the the actual strategy. What are these high achievers doing? Even just that one thing we talked about, about saying no. I mean, that's, that's a whole section in the book is dedicated to how to say no, why you should say no right. the power, why right. people get so busy. They have to say no. It goes into all that kind of stuff. So that's really what drove the book. And mm-hmm. then to sort of finish the discussion and happy to answer any questions as well. Um, One of the things that also makes the book different is in the back section, we have 400 quotes by these thought leaders that we interviewed. And you reminded me of Darren Hardy because we have not in the back, but in the actual book itself, I share insight I learned from Darren during our interview. But Uh uh, the book, what's really neat is it followed a weird path because about a little over a year ago, and maybe this is a lesson for people who want to put a book out too, but Mm -hmm. I actually launched the book initially on Kickstarter. So it's a crowdfunding campaign. You
0: told me already, right? Uh,
1: yeah. So, so I launched on Kickstarter initially mm-hmm. and we had a really good campaign yeah. and I didn't, I my whole reason for launching on Kickstarter was just to kind of build it up and have a, a promotion team behind it. So I figured right. oh, with all these people buy the book and read it, then they're going to talk about it. So I did yeah. it almost like uh, here's my launch. Then I brought it over to Amazon and then we did a full launch on Amazon, but here's where it gets really unique. Then just this past month. So I guess November to December, we brought yeah. it over to publish. Yeah. Yeah, which is another uh, another uh, crowdfunding campaign, and so then we had another successful launch. And so the why was that the Kickstarter one there was no bigger intention other than to use it as part of my launch, but Publishizer, it was to actually get in front of publishers. I said, you know what, uh, all right. this book needs to get to a bigger audience. And so yeah. here's the full circle to today, and this is where you know how they say everything comes full circle. This is where what you said about Brendan comes full circle, is that, uh, and I, I say meaning Brendan Burchard for those listening. So what happened, which is really neat, is I talked to different publishers. I ultimately decided on one, mm-hmm. and there were various reasons I did. But the neat thing is, the publisher I decided on, which is Morgan James Publishing, sure. they're the ones that are now going to bring the book from self-published to bookstores nationwide. And we're just in the starting stages of now of get me getting the the final copy back to them and all that. But the neat thing is, they have a pretty good history and, uh-huh. and putting me in good company. So. One of the people they launched, uh, one of the books they helped launch was The Millionaire Messenger. Oh, uh, all right. So, Brandon Burchard's mm-hmm. book, which I think was his first book, his first mm-hmm. major book. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, they launched it to uh, become a New York Times bestseller with him. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and now he moved over to various publishers since. I think he's been to Hay House, HarperCollins. Mm-hmm. But Morgan James was his first big one. And so, they, I'm with the same publisher that he was with. Also, mm-hmm. Jeff Walker. So people listening who know about launches, his book Launch was with Morgan James. And then also, for those listening who know about this, ClickFunnels, Russell Mm -hmm. Brunson. His two books were with Morgan James. So I selected a publisher that puts me in really good company. You know, If you can be in the same company with Brenda Machard, Jeff Walker, and Russell Brunson, you're in good company. So that's the full circle journey of the book. It was just an idea all those years. Then I launched it with a launch on Kickstarter, crowdfunded with it. And I launched on Amazon. It had a pretty good launch. Then we brought it to publisher. You get publisher's eyes on it, and now now we're in the starting phases of bringing it to a major publisher. So that's the book in a nutshell.
0: That's so fantastic! I'm so amazed by that. And you have to to, to tell me in detail when we meet in in Tampa. Um, about the, the exact way to, to uh, how did you launch it here with Morgan James now because I my book will be coming out at the end of the year. I just do it it but uh, yeah, I'm busy with the podcast launch uh, just now and the summit also is coming up and lots of things to do and uh, traveling and interviewing people also. But um, definitely, it will be coming out uh, at the end of the year. And I thought of self-publishing it because I don't want to be restricted on 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 publishers and on bookstores and all. that. I just want, I I I love to be free and independent. So I thought this is my uh, my personal way and learned a lot with with Chandler Bond there from the self-publishing um, items. So. We will chat about that definitely. So you need to give me some tips. But yeah, but a book is 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 great because you put your wisdom out there, and uh, everybody can grab it for a small amount, right? Not everybody is is is, is uh, in the position to to buy um, uh, programs that are up to five thousand dollars maybe, but a book. Everybody can pay,
1: absolutely, and,
0: and afford. So we can share our wisdom with with a a, 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 a wide uh, variety of people, right? And that's why I believe in books, also.
1: A- absolutely, like um, I said, I became obsessed by those interviews, and I didn't know it at the time, but. I think I was practicing what I read in Napoleon Hill's book, Thinking "Grow Rich. Because
0: yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. It's and perfect. that's the
1: second book I ever read in my life. The first book was uh, How to Win Friends. And I tell the story often, but I was 27 years of age when I read my first book. So I wasn't uh-huh. you know And uh, I read How to Win Friends, and then I read Thinking Grow Rich. And those are two pretty good books to start with. Yeah. But, but the point is is that what Napoleon Hill did, I became obsessed by the same thing, which is interviewing people and learning from them. Right. and. So what I, the reason I bring this up when you mentioned about the cost of a book is when people ask me who my mentors are, you know, I have a, I have a personal coach that I work with. I have a mastermind group that I run, which I'm sure I learned from Think and Grow Rich because he talks heavily about masterminds. But if I, when you talk about mentors, I think sometimes we forget that we can have mentors from a firm. You know, we read their book, uh, like Darren Hardy's book, The Compound Effect, or mm-hmm. Brendon through a referencing or Jeff Walker's book about launching right. and now have Jeff Walker as your launch buddy for 25 bucks or 20 bucks at a bookstore. Yeah. You know, and so, but it's, the, it's the lowest cost way to get access to some of the greatest minds in the world. So I'm a huge fan of books as well.
0: That's it. That's it.
1: Yeah. but Podcasting so- now is a good way at low cost as well because most <laughs> of them are free. But, but other than podcasting before podcasting books were the only way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I, I know you're, you're the same than me and, and, and most of the, of the uh, really successful people. They have such systems in place to share their wisdom, right? That's exactly what we're doing. And you have fun and me also because I studied uh, economics and um, um, public relation and um, um, uh, research so I did a lot of interviews uh, already oh, 20 years, 25 years past um, in, in when I was studying. And I love to interact with people. For me, this is, uh, this is just, I can feel you. I, I, yeah. And we also have now like podcasting or, or the summit or um, meeting in person like we, uh, we are just about to do. We, we can share the wisdom with uh, with plenty of people, right? Absolutely. And they can listen to it at their own pace and and, uh, and time. So uh,
1: yeah, I just and, and, no, and I think too one thing that's important to mention is you know somebody that's listening that's saying, you know, I want to become an influencer and they're thinking I, and I hear this from people, I want to become an influencer. So then I don't have to keep it learning or investing. And in. I'm like, okay, most of the influencers that you're looking to, you mentioned Brendan. Well, um, I know that Tony Robbins, when he wanted to bring his business online, he got the help of Mike Koenigs and Brendan Bouchard to help him get to crush it online. As right. Tony, Tony was the offline guy. And, but the point is Tony Robbins still is a coach. And yet you can probably be guaranteed at least one of Tony Robbins' coaches, Tony Robbins is is impacting more lives and making more money, but he still needs somebody to help him. And it's not about money or any of those things, but I just mean like, if we look at what we define success as, Tony might be having more success than a coach. It doesn't mean he doesn't need a coach to keep him focused. And so to your point, uh, why I brought that up is because you mentioned the summit. And so you and I are going, uh, for listeners that are wondering what what are they they talking about, we're both going to be involved in the media summit coming up. Yeah. Uh, in next month uh, from when we're recording this interview and i'm going to be uh doing i guess we're they're calling it icons of influence uh people that have a a show that might be popular that and they're helping other people uh that want to get into podcasting want to get interviews what have you but here's the thing a lot of people think okay well an icon if they call it that term is going there to impart their wisdom but the truth is i'm going there to learn from all both the people in the audience and the other icon yeah i'm not I mean, it wouldn't be of interest to me just to go to disperse information because I already know what I'm going to say. I already know who I am. I want to learn new of stuff from anybody. Of course,
0: yeah, but 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 I think if you come from the from the point of you can always learn something, right? Out of every person we meet, we can learn something. They are there for for some reason, and um, I always tend to take it like that, right? So I'm a knowledge junkie. I'm I'm with the best of the best and the best are the Americans um, uh, uh, best coaches over there. So yeah, everybody has his his specialty, right? But as I told you, I'm with Brian Tracy for uh nearly whole my life and he's my my coach for speaking and for book coaching and uh, personal development. Uh, really the, the, the last 30 years I have him and um, he's so successful he, he oh, wouldn't be in need to work, right? Yeah. But I, he, I, I just feel him like he, he's, it, yeah, it's his purpose to, to share his wisdom and, and of course he has enough um, um, uh, lessons in his life to, to, to share with the people, right? Uh, over eighty books, and it's incredible what he's doing. Or oh, Jack Canfield, or the all the old um, uh, rabbits of the of of the areas, right? And um, yeah, I just uh, I've been with plenty of them because I just feel I can, uh, yeah, I can participate in their wisdom, and I can, uh, uh, yeah, I can learn from myself, and now I can share it with. My listener, listeners
1: here. Yeah, I would say a big takeaway for somebody listening from that part of our discussion is always be coachable, always be teachable, and right. never do that no matter where you get to. And here's, I think, a, a good anecdote-type story to back it up from one of our interviews. Uh, but we, had, we were interviewing a high achiever who was mm-hmm. telling me about this time that he was at the back of a room at a Tony Robbins conference, and he was sitting kind of back at the back of the room with some of his pals and, and a lot of, kind of like you say, the thought leaders, uh, that um, that we all know as kind of the go-to people. And so Jack, since you mentioned Jack's name, Jack was 69 at the time, so probably four years ago. And this guy told me what he witnessed. So this is the other influencer that was watching Jack. So he's watching Jack, and Jack's at Tony Robbins Seminar. And, and you know, Tony and Jack know each other. Jack could go backstage and learn from Tony himself. He doesn't have to sit down and leave him But Jack's 69, you know, past what we used to consider retirement age taking note, taking notes and filling up a book. And this guy told me he's watching that. And then he looks over beside Jack, and there's this like 19-year-old at his head. He's looking at Jack going, why is this guy taking all these notes? And the irony of that situation, that picture, visual, is that Jack at 69 probably doesn't need those notes anymore, but he's not going to take a chance that he doesn't. And yet that 19-year-old that needs Jack's notes more than he'll ever realize is sitting there shaking his head and not realizing why he's not 69. That, to me... That picture, picturing those two, those two people next to each other, is yeah. the summation of the fact that you need to always be coachable. There's a reason why Jack, has, through his Chicken Soup with the Soul, has, that, that series has almost hit a billion copies sold. Nobody's yeah. ever done that before. And yeah. the reason why he's been that successful, he's still learning at 69 and now in his 70s. And
0: he does. And I know the background from Steve Harrison because I'm, I'm with him from, from the book Coaching and uh, of course he's the producer of that he he put uh, put all these uh, all the series he's so many series for women for teenagers for kids for, for for nearly everybody they made it and he shared with us um, um, how they approached to to companies to uh, to to, uh, well, to nearly to the world and that were, that's what made the 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 book that uh, incredible successful
1: right yeah he probably steve probably talked about the rule of five that they yeah. used whereas every day him and mark victor hansen did five things yeah even like long after the book had been successful they did five things every day to make the book successful so that could be right. sent a copy to somebody that could be going on a tiny little interview with a small little radio station right. every day they did five things and what's significant about that is that book, the first uh, first book, I think 93, it came out, took two years to get a New York Times bestsellers list, where most yeah. books, they get on it at the first week or they never do. Yeah. That's proof of Jack and Mark. They made that book successful. That book yeah. wasn't going to be They made it successful. And they just grinded it out and eventually it got the New York Times bestsellers list. But here's the cool part of that story is at one point they had seven New York Times bestsellers on the list at the same time and got a Guinness Book of World Records that's, after taking two years to get on the list. And that's the point, your point, what they did approaching corporations or they wanted chicken soup with a golfer soul. Yeah. They went to the pro shops to yeah. convince them to put a book in there yeah. and not just Barnes & Noble. It's an on cool
0: ongoing base. They didn't stop. Never, right? Absolutely. That's so
1: yeah, amazing. amazing.
0: So, um, um, Corey, I want to thank you for this wonderful interview i know you're in a, a little bit in a hurry because you're gonna jump on the next call but just uh let me ask i i normally i tend to ask some questions to uh, to lead the interview and um um to to share with our listeners but most of them you already covered now and but let me ask you one last question what is the motor motive for leading your life what is the They're the the most important motive you have there.
1: That's such a great question. And it's a two-part answer. So if I go on the professional side, so business side, and and this ties into personal as well, but that answer would be my why. So it goes back to this book. And my why is to create a positive ripple in the world. And so what does that mean to me is that I am constantly wanting to, and I call it having an invisible impact, but I constantly want to have an invisible impact on people. And so what that means is that whether it's through my writing, whether it's through me being on a stage, through our show, in any of those, and, and, and even additional ways, if it's through any of the platforms I'm involved in, what I want to do is I want to at least reach one person. Each time I do yeah. something that goes, wow i either i never thought of it that way or this could change my life now or you know that's what i'm trying to do create that ripple that positive ripple for yeah. people so that's what drives it on the professional side and, and some of the yeah. personal and then if i tag on another it would be obviously my family you know i'm i have uh, my girlfriend and i have a one and a half year old and oh, he's a, so cute oh thank he's you So
0: cute! Please. i love him
1: we hear that a lot. Uh, he's, he's, he's our little rock star, And so that obviously drives it as well, because there's a couple of things there and this is not, not usually said one hand, I want to create a better life for him just in general. Like I want to lead by example, all the things I want to do in terms of helping him become a better human being. But Mm -hmm. there's the other side that nobody ever talks about. Whenever I say I do it for him as well, this is, it's not meant to be like a negative or a, or a worried way of thinking. But I also think jobs market, everything's changing now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that's going to all play out in 20 years whenever, you know, we have robotics doing everything. And I don't know how that's all going to play out. And I concern myself like um, in Silicon Valley, we had I had a speaker I shared the bill with recently, and he was talking about how he gets his car delivered uh, his gas delivered to his car while he's sleeping. And they the little gas berries drop, pump his gas in his car. So they actually go into his garage, pump the gas in his car. He said there's a robot that brings their lunch to them. And on and on. And so all of a sudden you start realizing there's going to be a lot of jobs that are displaced. And yeah, there's going to be people that are doing the new jobs, you know, taking care of robotics and that. But it makes me wonder, is there going to be a lot, a a bigger amount of people that have a hard time finding work? So strange as it sounds, I'm also working hard so that I can give my son that that more time to find that if it gets to that point where there's less jobs to go around. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm trying to put in the work now so that I at least give him a head start. That's yeah, a weird and, way to look at it.
0: But. Yeah, to impact him and give him a better start and to impact the, the, people, in the uh, people in the world, right? Yeah,
1: That's I want so to give him a head we start.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, not only that, um, I want, so that this whole thing about finding your why. If I could impart one thing on him as he gets older, it's follow your gut, follow your purpose. And most people don't do that. We're taught in school, uh, you know, get, figure out, uh, try to figure out uh, how to get good at everything. Mm -hmm. And then try to figure out which one of those things you can make a living at. Whereas I think we should be teaching people, figure out what your calling is and what you're called to do and what you love doing before you need to do it for money. So that way you can follow that path sooner in life. And so I want to impart that on him, which goes back to why I wrote a book called The Book of Why. I want to discover that sooner. So that's what I'd like to teach him is how to find his why and then give him the the financial ability to not have to jump and take a job that he doesn't want to do and stick with for the rest of his life. Exactly. Because he has to do financial. Exactly,
0: yeah, that's but but you know what? My topic is uh, India, uh, very much related with yours. But uh, what I found out uh, in life is, uh, if you are not uh, authentic, right? You're play, uh, most people playing roles, and uh, uh, and uh, yeah, they are just not themselves because they didn't fight their true selves. I, I me too. I got lost in all that struggle, having two companies, being single mom of of two sons, and And uh, yeah, it it, it was crazy. I was multitasking genie, but uh, doing handling seven things at a time. But that I I just got knocked out, right? Because it was uh, I was overdoing. It, It was just not possible. And at the end, we are no machine, so we still have to live. Thank you for listening in today. I hope you got new inspiration to level up your life. To find your why and how is the core foundation and beginning of any life transformation. That's why I'm so happy and honored to have Corey kick up the fly show. Feel free to share the fly podcast with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to be sure to catch your next transformational success stories. You will find all links and recaps in the description. Please rate and review either on freestylerlivepodcast.com or on your favorite podcast directory. All questions asked in the comment feed or on social media will be answered in special episodes. Looking forward to inspire you next week. Have a great day and go for your dreams. Remember Fly Nation. Break free and fly. Talk to you next week. Bye.